This is the Purposeful Career Podcast with Carla Hudson, episode 57. I'm Carla Hudson, brand strategist, entrepreneur, and life coach. Whether you're on the corporate or entrepreneur track, or maybe both, decades of experience has taught me that creating success happens from the inside out. It's about having the clarity, self-confidence, and unstoppable belief to go after and get everything you want. If you'll come with me, I'll show you how. Well, hello, friends. I hope you guys had an amazing week, and I hope your new year is off to a really great start. You know, today I was originally going to talk about something else because for the last several episodes, we've been talking about kind of the lead-in into goals and what we want our new year to be about. But as has happened a lot on this podcast, sometimes there are just moments when I find that a lot of my clients are struggling with the same thing. And when that happens, I like to kind of make it a theme of what I'm going to talk about in the podcast this week, because I figure if so many of them are feeling that way, there's a lot of you probably feeling exactly the same way. So in the past week, I had several coaching clients that were struggling with how they felt about being back in their job or career after being off for a week or two around the holiday. You know, for some, it was about, you know, shifting from maybe a vacation they took over the holiday into that nine to five structure that left them feeling unfocused or overwhelmed. And for others, being back in the routine was kind of a harsh reminder that they just don't like their job or their career path or their business much anymore. And yes, by the way, much as many corporate types might fantasize about it, even successful entrepreneurs sometimes struggle with not liking or being very into what they do anymore. So it's a thing for, I think, anyone who works. And because, you know, like I said, the theme was so pervasive and I kept seeing all the headlines around the record job resignations that are still happening with this great resignation, they're calling it. I wanted to talk today about something really important. And it's something that we don't usually talk about a lot when it comes to our career. I have made my whole business about this but it's not something that's a usual career topic. And that is taking charge of your feelings. Now, before we get into it, I have a little disclaimer. This is not about pretending to feel positive when you really feel crappy. (laughs) That isn't true. And it doesn't work when you pretend. This is about how to take control of your emotional health. And it's super helpful because whether you're someone who struggles with impatience, like I used to (laughs) for most of my life, or if you tend toward pessimism or self-doubt or judgment or defensiveness or insecurity, whatever it is for you, it's helpful to know that you can take control of it, that it doesn't have to stay that way. And by the way, I just want to say we all have our emotional triggers inside of our careers. They differ by person according to, you know, our own strengths and weaknesses and our own program patterns of thought, which we'll talk about in a minute. But that's why I thought this topic today was going to be super helpful for everyone, not only 
in your career, but in your life. Because the emotional stuff that we struggle with can really rob us of the satisfaction or the happiness or the joy that we all want to experience. So I'm really excited about sharing some of these thoughts with you. So let's go ahead and dive in. Now, before we get into what's behind our emotions or mood, let's just talk for a minute about the impact that our emotions have on our everyday well-being, our life, our relationships, our performance, our health, all of it. And for this, I wanted to share a really helpful visual tool that I refer to a lot in my practice and that we'll talk about as we go through this podcast. And it's super helpful. It's called the Mood Elevator. And this concept or this tool was developed by someone named Larry, I think his name's Sen, S-E-N-N. And he's a leading organizational development consultant, super famous. I think he's retired now, but he's written a book by the same name. So if, as we go through this, you find this concept of interest, you might want to head on over to Amazon and check it out. This is a visual tool. So, and it looks at emotional state like an elevator with different floors. It's a great way to think about it. So on the lower floors in the basement, so to speak, are things like impatience, pessimism, irritation, worry, anxiety, burnout, stress, defensiveness, insecurity, that kind of stuff. So those are sort of from the middle to the bottom of the elevator. And then on the upper floors of the elevator, we have things like gratitude, creativity, resourcefulness, hope, optimism, humor, patience, and understanding. So it's basically a spectrum of emotion from the most positive on the upper floors to the most negative on the lower floors. And the idea with the mood elevator is to first understand that the different levels or the different floors of emotion will have an impact on the rest of your life. So you've got to understand the relationship between the level of your mood and your behavior or performance. Very, very important thing to understand. And I think you kind of know it conceptually, but really getting it and feeling like you not only get it, but that you have control of it is a whole other thing. So if you're on the lower floors of the mood elevator, and you feel things like anxiety or stress or insecurity or irritation, you can see how those feelings will impact not only what you do, but how you show up to others. It's also going to affect the things that you say, how you interact with others, your mannerisms, how you treat yourself maybe with your own self-care, maybe by overeating or not sleeping or over drinking or whatever. And it might also be the catalyst behind other unproductive career behaviors that you might have like procrastination or perfectionism or fear or things like that. On the other hand, if you're on the upper floors of the elevator and you're feeling things like patience and empathy and understanding and gratitude and optimism, you can see how that when you feel emotions like that, you would show up completely differently. How you interact with others and your relationships would thrive. 
your productivity and work quality would be top-notch, and you're likely to stay on plan with any of the self-care routines that you're trying to uphold. So you can kind of see that the basic idea is to stay out of the mood basement and get to a higher mood floor. Now, you might be thinking, well, that's really interesting, but how do I do that? And it's a really good question because most people, and myself included before I got exposed to this type of coaching, I did not think that our emotions or our mood could be influenced or controlled by ourselves. I mean, I knew about, you know, the power of positive thinking and all that stuff, but I, I'll be honest with you, I didn't really buy it because I thought it's just pretending it's not real. Like there's no point, right? I just thought like most people that our emotions just happened because of whatever's going on. And the truth is we do all ride the mood elevator every day. <laughs> Here's how an example could go. Like maybe we get out of bed and we feel like we're on a middle floor of the elevator. We're not overly optimistic about the day ahead, but we're not dreading it either. So we go about getting ready and going through our morning routine. And then maybe, you know, one minute before our first Zoom meeting <laughs> or in-person meeting, maybe we spill coffee all over our blouse. Or maybe we get an IM from a coworker about a lost deal or a canceled program or whatever. And suddenly what was a middle floor mood, kind of a balanced mood. Now we're zooming down to the mood basement. We're irritated. We're disappointed. We're pissed, maybe a little anxious, whatever it is. Or maybe we start off the day in the basement. Maybe we dread two of the meetings that are on our calendar. And then we get an unexpected call from our boss saying that the big project that you've been working on and proposing has been approved. Suddenly, you zoom from the basement all the way to the upper floors, feeling hopeful, appreciative, and optimistic. And that's the thing. Most of us believe that where we are on the mood elevator depends on what's going on outside of us. With our relationships with the boss, with coworkers, with politics, with clients, or whatever but it's not. And it takes a while to really get this. But our emotions and our mood is 100% related to what we're thinking about the things that are going on outside of us. And that's good news because it means that how we feel is 100% within our control. And it's not the product of the random things that go on in our workday or that happen around us. It's about how we're thinking and specifically what we are thinking about the things that happen around us. And as we've talked about before on this podcast, I have been trained in a cognitive behavioral coaching approach. And this is derived from a discipline of psychology that's about identifying underlying patterns of thought they get programmed into our brain throughout our life, maybe without our even being aware of it, and that they can become, if we don't address them, the unconscious default that our brain will go into when it gets triggered in certain ways. And the key to this coaching approach is about understanding that our thoughts, whether they're conscious or unconscious, determine what we feel which in turn drives what we do or don't do, which in turn then delivers the results that we get. 
And because our brain works so fast, neuroscientists say we have upwards of 60,000 thoughts a day. Most are probably unconscious. We can't keep up with 60,000 thoughts a day. Our brain is just running and it's running really fast. And we probably aren't aware of most of the things that we're thinking. But what we almost always are aware of is how we're feeling. And your current emotional state, wherever you are on that mood elevator we talked about, is the key to knowing in the moment whether something you're thinking is serving you or not. If you're feeling an emotion that's on the bottom of the mood elevator, you can be very sure that you're thinking a thought, whether conscious or unconscious, that is causing that negative emotion. So if you don't want to feel impatient or frustrated or insecure or angry, you can change it by choosing to think a different thought instead. But here's the important part, and it's usually what confuses my clients when they first start with this approach. Shifting the thoughts from something more negative to something more productive, notice I didn't say positive, productive, that will raise your mood must be very intentional. This is not about pretending that something, you know, that you feel negatively about is actually positive. That is not helpful, and that is not what this is about. I help my clients master this through self-coaching, which is a technique that we use that involves a daily exploratory. There's a very specific way that we go about that. So we can take the situations that we're in and kind of map them into five interrelated parts. The situation, the thoughts, the feelings, the actions, and the results. Everything that we experience is always about one or all of those five things. And those five things, the situation, thoughts, feelings, actions, and results all interrelate. One triggers the other. They happen sequentially. So if you want to know more about this, you might want to go back and check out episode one of this podcast where I go into this in more detail. And when you're trying to shift your mood from a bottom floor to an upper floor of the mood elevator, the best way to do that is to ask yourself how what's happening could be positive or how you could choose to think of what's happening in a different, more empathetic or optimistic way. And to help you with this, I'm going to give you a very practical and personal example. (laughs) So from my own career and from myself. So this will be no surprise to people I've worked with over the years, but I used to be very impatient and I would say very impatient, not always, but in certain instances. And while I was very aware of this, I was very self-aware and I was usually in touch with when I was feeling that way, before I got exposed to this coaching approach, I never had command of it. I always felt like it just happened and I couldn't do anything about it. I truly thought that I just was an impatient person. I didn't realize that I could change it and not be. But as I learned to get awareness into my impatience and how it was triggered, I gradually came to understand that there were types of situations that would trigger specific thoughts that would then make me feel impatient. For example, 
as I did my own self-coaching exploratory, I realized that this feeling of impatience is triggering would usually come up if I had to explain the same thing multiple times to the same people, or if projects or people were moving slower than I thought they should, or, you know, a lot of times, because I worked in a lot of bigger corporations, if there were a lot of gratuitous politics playing out across different teams or functional areas that I felt were impacting whatever effort I was either driving or a part of, it would make me feel very impatient. And when those things would happen, I could feel very tangibly the impatience or frustration rising inside me. And I did not like that part of myself. But what I want to tell you here is important. You are probably aware you've got your own triggers. Maybe you're judgmental or maybe you're pessimist or maybe you're insecure, whatever. We all have them. So whatever your flavor of this is. The important thing is, as you gain awareness into it, is not to judge it. So it's not about when I'm saying all this about myself, it's not about me picking up a a bat and sort of beating myself up with it. It's like, no, I really want you to see is that this is about curiosity, about learning what's triggering it all, and then finding ways to shift into something that better serves you. So I didn't like the impatient part of myself, but... Until I learned this cognitive-based coaching approach, I could never shift out of it, especially in the moment. I did develop ways to do it if I had time. So if it happened in an email or an IM exchange, it was totally fine because I just knew I was feeling impatient and I would just give myself a beat or two to just wait until I could not feel that way anymore. And then I'd just patiently respond or explain or whatever I had to do. But we don't always have the luxury of time in business, right? So sometimes we're in a meeting. And so if my impatience would get triggered in a meeting, I would still be aware in the moment that I was feeling frustrated, but I didn't know how to shift out of it in the moment because I wasn't yet in touch with what was really triggering the impatience. I could not get past that emotion. I literally thought that it was about the person, what they were saying or doing or what was happening. And so I felt like it was totally out of my control, you know? And so if I had to explain the thing for the 110th time, (laughs) I did, but you know, because I, I was not in control of it, I might've explained it again, which might've been what the person was asking me to do. But everything about my approach, my body language, my tone, everything about it made it really clear I wasn't happy to be explaining it again. And no one wants to show up that way, right? So how did I shift out of it? Well, I did the self-coaching work that I teach my clients to do and that I do myself every day. And in that, I explored the different types of circumstances where my impatience would get triggered. And the self-coaching and being curious about it instead of judging myself or making myself bad for being impatient, being curious about it helped me find the underlying thought patterns that were actually triggering the whole thing. So through the exploration, I realized that when I felt impatient, 
it was because I was thinking very specific thoughts. And there were just a handful of them. Like one of the thoughts I would think is, they're doing this on purpose. Or they're just trying to sabotage this idea. Or they're just being difficult, right? So as I did the exploratory and I looked at those things, I thought that's very childlike thoughts, right? Which is why they're lower, why impatience is lower on the mood elevator. They're not thoughts that serve you, right? And they're very judgmental thoughts. They were about me pretending to know what the other person's motivations were, which of course I couldn't possibly know unless I was that person, right? Like we can't just look at someone and what they're saying and know absolutely what their motivations are. So while my judgments about they're doing it on purpose or they're just being difficult might be true, the truth is they might also not be true. And I really got that through the self-coaching thing because before this, I didn't even realize that I was thinking things like that and that that was what was causing me to feel impatient, not what the person was saying or doing, right? So once you get this, it's very powerful because you get to do what I did, which is I decided to choose some new thoughts that I would choose to think instead whenever my impatience was triggered in the future. And those new thoughts I chose were around things like flexibility and curiosity. So specifically, now when I recognize that I'm starting to feel impatient, then I instantly shift into a different thought. I don't take the time to understand what thought triggered it because I I already know now because I did the exploratory, the types of thoughts I have that trigger my impatience. I just chose different ones that I could instantly shift into. And there are things like, I'm going to find a better way to explain this. Or sometimes I ask myself a question, how can I make this absolutely clear and free of jargon? Or maybe if it's not clear on this next attempt, I can schedule a meeting with this person offline so we can go deeper into the issue. Those are the thoughts now that I shift into. And when I shift into those thoughts, you can see how those thoughts have nothing to do with judgment about the other person. They were 100% about challenging myself to find better, more creative, or clearer ways to explain whatever it is I need to explain. I made it about me finding better ways to do something instead of just labeling the other person as being difficult (laughs) or doing it on purpose. This works for everything that you might encounter. So let's say every Monday you drag yourself out of bed every single Monday because you dread the start of a new work week. You're at the bottom of the mood elevator. You're feeling unmotivated, burned out, stressed out. You want a different job, whatever it is for you. This is not triggered by your job. This is caused by how you're thinking about your job or your workday, or specifically, very specifically, what you are dreading or not liking about aspects of your job or your workday. So you might still want a new job, but you can decide to shift it so you have a better day and think about something different. Like maybe you're grateful to have that job, so you have time to find the other one that you really want. Or, you know, what the challenges in this job, if it's been particularly difficult, have taught you the lessons you've learned that are going to help you in the future. Or maybe 
the things about your job that you do like, maybe the people or aspects of some of the things that you do that you enjoy. When you choose thoughts like that, you're going to shift from the bottom of the mood elevator, from stress to maybe gratitude, or from dread to appreciation. And again, this doesn't mean you're going to magically love your job that you think maybe you hate, (laughs) you know? This is about learning how to have a more productive workday and how to purposefully channel emotions that let you do that. It can be very helpful in letting yourself feel better inside a job you have until you find one that you like better. The really beautiful thing about this coaching approach is that you can learn and choose how to spend your time mostly on the upper floors of the mood elevator, at least when you want to, and how to stop the programmed patterns of thought and emotion that just don't serve you and that get in the way of everything that you try to do. And instead, it allows you to shift into more productive thoughts and emotions that serve you. Think about how having control of your emotions by taking charge of your emotions Think about how this can impact your workday. Think about the impact it will have on your relationships, even the difficult ones. Think about how it will affect how you feel about yourself. And then imagine the impact of all of that on your life. Pretty amazing. This is why I wanted to share it with you today. If you want to talk about this a little bit in more depth, I do encourage you to go back and listen to episode one of the podcast that talks about the five interrelated parts of any problem, because that is the foundation of what we teach. And it is the key to taking control of your emotional health inside your work week or your work day. It can make all the difference in not only how you think about the job that you have, but it can help you choose the best one if you're in the job search mode right now down the road. And when you approach your workday in this way, it can change everything for you. You might still want that different job and that's fine, but until you have it, it can make every day a more fulfilling and satisfying day. And that is what you deserve. Until next time, make it a great week, my friends. Do you have a life coach? If not, I'd be so honored to be your coach. I've created a virtual coaching program and monthly membership called Next Level. Inside, we take the material you hear on this podcast, study it, and then apply it. Join me at thepurposefulcareer.com backslash next level. Don't forget the, thepurposefulcareer.com backslash next level. Join me and together we'll make your career and life everything you dream of. We'll see you there.